know, joy is one of the fruit of the recreated human spirit. It's also one of the characteristics of the kingdom of God. The scripture tells us in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So joy is one of the characteristics of God's kingdom. And quite naturally, it should be a characteristics of the subjects of the kingdom. I mean, when we go into a place, we ought to light it up, not get it depressed. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Bring a little joy on the scene. The world's got enough problems. So, you know. Joy, one of the fruit of the Spirit, characteristic of the kingdom. And the Bible says in Nehemiah, isn't it chapter 8 and verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is the strength of our lives. That's not just a Bible verse. It is a living reality. When we learn to walk and live in joy, allowing the joy that has been deposited on the inside of us at the new birth because we know it's a fruit of the recreated human spirit. We know it's in our well, so to speak. So when we allow that joy to spring up in life and uh, uh, keep us filled in life, it helps us. Are you with me? The joy of the Lord is the strength of our lives. So I want to talk to you about maintaining joy in life or living in joy. The practical application of how you do it. It's one thing to shout about it and get happy about it in church. But man, how do I take it home with me? You know? So let's look over in Philippians. Very, uh, of course, familiar passages of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4 will begin there. Philippians chapter 4, and uh, we'll read in verse 4. Philippians 4 and verse 4. This is the Apostle Paul writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always, or always. And he said, Again I say, in case you didn't hear me the first time, he said, Let me repeat myself, Rejoice. One translation says, all joy be yours at all times. Another one says, always be happy, how? In the Lord. So here's our admonition. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. All joy be yours at all times. Always be happy in the Lord. And as if that wasn't enough, he went on to say in verse 6 in the King James... Be careful for nothing. The, the, the New Living Bible says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And don't forget to thank God for the answers. It goes on to say, If you'll do that, God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can comprehend, will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Him. Woo! So basically, Paul said, hey, now listen, be happy, or, or I guess we could say it this way, don't worry, be happy. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry, be happy. That's Paul's message in a, in a nutshell. You know what I think is amazing about this? Paul was not having breakfast in bed at the, you know, the nice hotel. He was in prison in a pretty a precarious 
uh, environment and, and, you know, not so pleasant as you were mentioning where he was kept in prison. Uh, I don't know if that was the same time but um, that you were referring to, but he was in prison at this time and, and man, things were, you know, externally very pleasant. But it was in that place that Paul said, hey, listen, I've learned how to be happy. I've learned how to maintain joy in life. I have learned how to live worry-free and full of peace, even when the external environments uh, or, or situations are not so favorable. And we read, of course, his personal testimony this morning of all the things that he endured in life and ministry. But Paul's response to all of those things in Acts 20, and I think it's 24, he said, none of these things move me. Remember? He said, I'm going to finish my course, and I'm going to finish it with joy and the ministry which God has given to me, or I've received of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Paul said, don't worry, be happy. And he said, you want to know how I've learned to do this? I sure do. How have you learned, Paul, in the most adverse situations and circumstances of life to maintain joy and maintain peace? Does God want us walking in depression and confusion and fear and torment? Absolutely not. That's the devil's kingdom. God's kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And he said, I want you to be happy and I want you to be carefree. Doesn't mean that we don't have a sober approach to life, that we're not disciplined, that we don't plan, that we don't walk in wisdom. But I'm not going to carry the care of the thing. Amen? I'm not going to allow these external temporary situations of earth to rob me of my internal peace and joy. How about you? Woo! So how do we do it? Well, look right here. Philippians chapter 4, here's the answer. Paul said, now everybody be happy and don't worry. And he said, watch how I do it. Remember he said in verse 11, I've, I've learned. I've learned how? And then he says in verse 8, this is how he learned. Finally, brethren. Finally. That means in conclusion now. I've told you, walk in joy, walk in peace. Amen. And finally, let me tell you how to do it. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report. If there be any virtue or if there be any praise, do what? Think on these. So Paul gave us the key in life to maintaining joy and maintaining peace. And it all comes down to what we focus our attention upon. Paul said, I have learned in life how to focus my attention properly, to think on the things that promote peace and that promote joy rather than thinking about the things that are temporary external frustrations of the moment. And we all have them, don't we? And of course, you know, Paul wrote the New Testament by revelation of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things, of course, that he revealed to us in Christ are what we call our redemptive realities. Who we are in Christ and who he is in us. And I think one of the things that Paul learned to think about was who he was in Christ and who Christ was in him. He decided, I'm going to focus my attention on those realities rather than these temporary external situations. Are you with me? Look over in James, just to give you a little more insight. You're not going to have anything going on, are you? <laughs> yeah. 
breathe. She looked like she was having something going on. I'm like, okay now. Any day. James chapter 1. I'll find it here in a minute. James chapter 1. We, we read it uh, this morning, but let, let's think about it again. James 1 and 2. My brethren, count it all joy. Now some people read it, ball squall, fall on the floor and pitch a fit and say, why me? <laughs> when you encounter the various situations of life. But that's not the appropriate response, is it? Well, <laughs> that's the way we want to do it. But he said, no, 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 no. Count it all joy. And I like, in the King James, I like these two words. Knowing this. Everybody say, knowing this. Because just thinking about those two words, you know, your ability and my ability to count the adversities and challenges of life joy depend directly upon what we know. Are you with me? When I was in high school, college, and I know a lot of you young folks, you know, and everybody, at some point or other, you have taken a test. Anybody ever had a test? And I always noticed in school that it was the individuals who did not listen in class, who did not review the material, who did not study, that got very unnerved on test day, got nervous. But those of us who listened in class, reviewed the material, did our homework, test time was not so intimidating. You know what I mean? And did you know the same parallel is true in life? When you and I know the answers, test time's not so intimidating. When you know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. When you know that you are the head, you're not the tail. You are above and you're not beneath. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You've been raised to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. For he was made the curse for you. Surely he bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. And by the stripes that wounded him, you are healed. When you know that nothing, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ. I said, when you know the answers, test time is not so intimidating. And Paul said, you know what? I have learned in life to focus my attention on those internal realities who He is in me, who I am in Him, rather than allowing my mind to enter into the disrest and the lack of peace associated with all these external situations. Just because we've got the external things going on doesn't mean we have to lose our internal peace. Are you with me? Because nothing in this life has the power to rob you of your peace and of your joy, of my peace and my joy, unless I give it permission. Are you with me? I can't always change every single external situation because it, sometimes it involves other people. But I can certainly control my response and what I allow myself to think about and focus upon. Anybody with me? So, Paul said, hey, Let's be happy. 
Let's be full of joy. How, Paul? Think properly. Focus your attention properly. Everybody say focus. focus. Now, let's look over here in Psalm. As we said, you know, there's plenty of things to, to rob you of your joy. But we don't have to let it. Amen. 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 Look here in Psalm chapter 5. And very familiar, once again, passages of Scripture. I love the Word of God. Man, I tell you what, the Word is your salvation in this life where your mind is concerned. You can be born again and live a defeated life. But once the Word gains entrance and light comes and we walk in the light of it, our lives can be transformed. Psalm chapter 5, verse 11, notice this verse. Let all those that put their trust in thee do what? Rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be, everybody say be, be, be joyful in thee. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a suggestion. Be joyful, right? Let's look over in Psalm 32. I want to give you plenty of scriptures to substantiate my case. Psalm 32, and look in verse 11. Psalm 32 in verse 11. It says, Be sad in the Lord. Oh, excuse me. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Mm. Let me give you one more. Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35 and 27. Let them shout for joy and do what? Be glad. Be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So in all three scriptures, what do we see? Rejoice. Be glad, be joyful. Once again, it doesn't sound like a suggestion. It sounds like righteous ones, be glad, be joyful, rejoice. Well, if it's not a suggestion but a command, then once again, in practical application, it really comes down to a matter of, once again, focus. What we're focusing our attention upon, quite naturally, has the greatest impact upon our heart and our emotions, our peace level, our, our joy level. And so, here's a reality. Every person in this room, from the time you open your eyes in the morning until the time you lay your head down at night, every person in this room has taking place on the inside of them what psychologists call, and we refer to as self-talk. I call it internal conversation. You talk to yourself all day long. It's not audible, but it's going on. You talk to yourself about your husband. You talk to yourself about your wife, your kids, your job, your friends, what you have, what you don't have, what you wish you had. We all, you know, 
This is our world and how we perceive it, you see. And so for many people, this internal conversation is negative in nature. Everything that's wrong. I don't have this. I, I wish I had that. They don't treat me properly. You know, it's like a little song playing on the inside. You know, they used to say a, a record, but it'd be like a CD or a MP3 player. And I mean, the alarm clock goes off in the morning and, and the song begins track one. Zing. And the first thing that happens, the song begins and it sounds like this. Oh God, I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to work. They don't pay me enough. The house is a mess. My husband doesn't give me any attention. He just flips the remote. I don't have anything to wear. My hair looks like last year's bird's nest. I mean, whatever it is, you know. Or, or I've got pressure. The men, you know, I, there's so much pressure. I can't pay the bills. Negative, negative. And what people do not realize is this negative internal conversation produces a mentality or a mindset, a pattern of thought. And then that mentality begins to have an impact on your emotions, your joy, your peace. And then your emotions, in turn, begin to have an impact on your physiological body. They're all connected. <laughs> Are you with me? Now, I know what I'm talking about because, you know, I work for several different ministries uh, along the way in and, and, and business. And, and they many times would give you... Um, what we call personality profile examinations, where they try to locate your personality type. Has anybody ever heard of these personality profile exams? Where you, you see where you best fit either in the workforce or who you'll best, best suited to work with and how we can best accomplish this agenda with the different personalities. So I took like three or four of those along the way. And I always came out what you call melancholy perfect. Now, I have a work-related personality persona, which is more of the sanguine, you know. But, but my, my, the essence of my personality is what you call melancholy perfect. Now, if you know anything about melancholy perfect personalities in the natural, I'm talking about apart from the word and the influence of the word, melancholies are kind of moody. You know, kind of go up and down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. They have this tendency to have a real big swing. And the reason is, is because many times of our perfectionistic tendencies. When everything is perfect, in order, all the ducks are in a row, happy camper. But when it's out of sync and not necessarily in a row, it kind of really used to mess with my joy and my peace level. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I bordered on maniac. I was, I mean, even when I was a kid, I'd wash my truck. I'd play with them in the dirt, wash them, put them back on the shelf. Nobody ever told me to do it. I just liked things neat. Every, all the pants had to be in a row in the closet, the underwear, the socks. I mean, you know, I used to mop and vacuum the garage. <laughs> Before I got married, this, uh, this buddy called me on the phone. He said, hey, man, what you doing? I said, I'm cleaning the apartment. He said, what would you do, drop a sock? I mean, he knew me, you know. But can I tell you something? Listen, after a wife, a mother-in-law, two kids, and a cat, forget it. It's not going to be perfect. And I could either, you know, make everybody miserable, lose my peace and joy, or I could change tracks. 
I decided to change tracks and sing another song. <laughs> Focus a little differently. You know what I'm talking about. Instead of focusing on the things that seem to rob my peace and joy, I decided to divert my attention to things that promote peace. Instead of saying, the toys are all over, say, praise God, I got kids. And isn't it a blessing? And I'd say, this is just a season. You see what I mean? And I, I changed my approach to life, and it impacted my joy and peace level. <laughs> Everybody say, change tracks. So instead, now when the alarm goes off, instead of you going, oh God, change tracks. Say, woo! This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Everything I set my hand to today is going to prosper. Hallelujah. <laughs> you say, do you always feel like that? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't always feel like that. But I've learned a secret. And here's the reality. You don't always feel joyful. You don't always feel, you know, in your emotions like that. But the reality is the joy and the peace is in there. Are you with me? And so, you know, I've learned, and it is a principle, that emotions are more powerful. What was I? How, no, wait a minute. I've got to get that straight how I was going to say that. Oh, oh. Emotions are more powerful than reason. Did you know that? Many times people can be in a bad habit, a destructive habit, an unhealthy relationship, but the emotion associated with that situation overrides the reason. Emotion is more powerful many times than reason. But, but get this. Did you know that action is more powerful than emotion? Action. That is a psychological and spiritual reality. Action is more powerful than emotion. So what that means is, I don't always feel happy. I cannot feel my way into acting differently. I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like going to work or doing this anymore. I just don't feel like it. And I'm real. I'm not going to put it on. I'm not going to go praise God when I don't feel like it. Well, you're real. Real carnal. Because you may not feel like it. But the point is, we can never feel our way into acting differently. But did you know absolutely this reality? You can act your way into feeling differently because emotions are a response mechanism they were never intended to govern they respond to the mindset the mouth and the actions so God said to you and I hey Christian be happy be joyful be peaceful how Lord well when your joy settles to the bottom, you got to stir it up. Now, I'm from, I'm from Georgia, so we have what we call sweet tea. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, sweet tea is when you make tea and it's hot and you put a cup of sugar at least in it while it's hot. 
and then stir it up and it dissolves. Then you add the cold water and the ice, right? Because it's already. But I go up to New York and place, I say, I'd like some sweet tea. They bring me a cold glass of tea with a jar of sugar. And then you got to pour it in there, right? And where does it go? To the bottom. And then you got to sit there and stir it up till it finally gets a little sweet. You know what I'm talking about? And the same thing happens in life. Man, sometimes just the boom, 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 boom. Man, your sugar can settle to the bottom of the glass. Your joy can settle to the bottom of the glass. And God said, hey, when it does, I've got some spoons for you. <laughs> I got some spoons for you. What are they? He, he said, here, you can activate your joy. You can stir it up. How? Well, here's one of your spoons. We just read it. He said, shout for joy. Everybody say, shout for joy. You can shout for it? Yeah. It's in there. And sometimes, man, I just get down in my basement when I want to cry and go, <laughs> I start saying, hallelujah, glory to God. Sorry, Bruce. Start, I, I'm pegging that thing out. I start shouting. <laughs> I do. Just get happy. Praising God. Thanking Him for what He's done for me in Christ. And instead of my emotions governing me, all of a sudden, my emotions catch on to my shout. And I come out with the joy in manifestation that was there already. Everybody say shout for joy. You can shout for it. Everybody shout hallelujah. Shout it again. <laughs> Did you know your, your body has an impact on your emotions? The action. Everybody smile as big as you can. Smile. As big as you can. Even if you don't have teeth. Go ahead. <laughs> keep, keep smiling. Now, am I right? When you smile, it lifts the spirit of the person. Just the physiological action. So even when you feel like crying and going, boo, 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 sometimes I walk around the house when there's some pressures because we all have them. And I just come into the kitchen like this. And my wife knows, everything all right, honey? Everything's fine. <laughs> all is well. <laughs> and I just smile. And it makes me feel better if nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Oh, glory to God. So, you know, talking about shouting. We lived in Oklahoma for about, I don't know, 13 years. And uh, my wife and I, we came home one night from the ministry where we were working there at Ramah, and I had what you call an unction to pray, a burden. You know what I mean when you get an unction of the Spirit? And when you yield, sometimes that thing's very slight, but if you yield to it, then that little trickle will become a stream, and then it'll become a gusher, you know. And many times, uh, if we don't give attention to the little trickle, then most of the time it'll just fade. But if you give attention to that and give yourself to it, you'll find yourself in intercession praying for people and helping folk. But anyway, came in, had a burden to pray, so we began to give to that spirit of prayer. And man, we, we prayed 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes, you know, a little over an hour. And all of a sudden we had what you call a note of victory. And man, when I hit that note of victory, many times I just start laughing. I mean, I get happy. And, and we hit that note of victory, and man, I don't know, the Holy Ghost hit us. And I started dancing, and I was shouting. And the, right there in our living room, you know, my wife's, whoa, you know, like that. And we had, we had a little dog. His name was Snickerdoodle. And Snickerdoodle was a little shih tzu. And, and he was laying on this ottoman there in the living room, just minding his business. 
I mean, my, and I don't know why. I was just, I was so happy and excited. I said, whoa, like that. And I touched Snickerdoodle. <laughs> God is my witness. That little dog, he jumped up off the ottoman. He started running around the kitchen table. I'd never seen that dog run so fast in all my life. I'm telling you, I said, honey, look, the Holy Ghost is on that dog. He just ran and ran. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Everybody say, shout for joy. Shout for joy. <laughs> and then here's another one. It says, you can sing for joy. You ever read that in the Bible? Sing for joy. And so, you know, sometimes like we said, if you get up in the morning and you go into the shower, just start singing a little song. You might be half asleep. But I get in there, you know, and I, I just start singing. I'm full of joy and I've got the victory. I'm full of joy and I got the victory. I'm full of joy. That's as far down as we guys go, about right there. We just kind of let the runoff get the rest, don't we, fellas? Now, sometimes I'll get my toes, but I just... He said, amen. <laughs> Full of joy. And I just keep singing it. And, and before long, my emotions catch on, see? See what I mean? And I get out, and I'm drying off and getting ready. And I, hey, I am full of joy, and I do have the victory. Well, you got it all along. But we're talking about this, this actualization of the joy that's resident on the inside of us. It doesn't mean we have to walk around bouncing off the walls all the time. I'm not saying that. It's an attitude and a presence of joy. You know what I mean? So he said, you can shout for joy. You can sing for joy when you get in your car and you feel a little bit low. Well, just start singing. Sing a happy song. Never, never, never have I ever, ever, ever been so happy, happy, happy in my life. That's an old one. But sing something you know. But make sure it's peppy and happy. You know what I'm saying? So you can sing for joy. You can shout for joy. I know one scripture says leap for joy. I got two little girls, so we just get up there in the room, turn on some good music, and start leaping. Oh, glory to God. I don't know why I say half the things I do, but anyway. Now look here. Everybody say joy. joy. Look in Psalm 126. We kind of mentioned this scripture this morning. Psalm 126. Glory. Now, one of the manifestations of joy is laughter. Does anybody like to laugh? I mean, I love to laugh. My family loves to laugh. My kids love to laugh. We laugh a lot. We stay healthy. You know? But, but one of the manifestations of joy is laughter. And the Bible says here in Psalm 126, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord's done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Has the Lord done anything for anybody in here? Amen. Are you glad about it? Yes. One of the manifestations of joy is laughter. Everybody say, ha, ha, ha. ha, ha, ha. Say it again. Ha, ha, ha. Now, you know, contrary to popular opinion, Mark Hankins did not create that phrase, phraseology. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. We were, in, we were in Winter Bible Seminar back in the 90s. And it was a wild service. 
It had it'd just been one of those, you know, where they had to have designated drivers. <laughs> have you ever been in one of those? Those are fun. I mean, they can go out in the world and get sloshed or whatever you call it. Well, I mean, we can get just drunk in the spirit, intoxicated. I've, been, I've had to be carried out several times. <laughs> But anyway, so talking about ha, ha, ha. So Brother Hagen, after that service, was trying to come to a close, and y'all may have been there. I'm sitting on the front row because the, the ba- uh, all the orchestra pit and everything was completely full you know, with guests. So I happened to be on the front. And he said, Brother Marty, now this is, that year we had a record. We had overflows by 8,000 or more people. And then we had it on satellite. And he said right over the microphone, Brother Marty, do you have a song that will fit in here? And I mean, it's pandemonium. People drunk, laying all over. And I said, uh, no, sir. <laughs> I said, no, sir. He said, over the mic, he said, well, you will by the time you get up here. <laughs> 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 and you know, the prophets already said, sing the wrong song, it'll kill it. You know, so you're like, oh, Lord, no pressure. So anyway, all the way up there, man, thank God there's a lot of steps. So, you know, all the way up on the inside, because I'm just like you. I'm saying, Jesus, 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 help me. Give me a song, something. And all of a sudden, these words started bubbling up. And it was, ha, 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 he, 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 hey. Mr. Devil, get out of my way. Ha, 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 he, 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 hey. I resist you, and you cannot stay. And it had verses, you know. I'm not afraid of the devil. And it's like one of those old drinking tavern drinking songs. That's the way it came out, you know. And it was like, ha, 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 he, 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 hey. Mr. Devil, get out of my way. Singing, ah, ha, ha, he, 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 hey. I resist you and you cannot stay. And I mean, the, the vocalist came up in the band and it was like, I mean, it, you know, everybody started singing it. 8,000 people. Ah, ha, ha, he, 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 hey, you know. And the more we sang that thing, the drunker we got. Did you know, did you know that God never intended for you to go through life sober? be drunk with wine now, but be intoxicated, be inebriated with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. Hey. I feel, I feel a little woozy right now. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So it just seemed good to me and the Holy Ghost tonight. We just need to laugh a little bit. Really? Yeah, we do. Some folks in here need to laugh. You say, well, what do I laugh at? Well, just laugh at the devil. Laugh at any of his nonsense he's been trying to put over. I worked in healing school for several years with Keith Moore and different ones. And there, you know, there were times where the Holy Spirit of God would move upon people that came for healing. And they were denominational people. Many of them were not churched. And the Spirit of God would begin to move in that fashion. What do you mean? All of a sudden, we'd have them come up and give a testimony and say, you know, what, what, what's wrong with you? And they'd take the mic and they said, they begin to say, well, I have a tumor. And they'd get tickled. They were trying to tell. what. And all of a sudden, they're, they're 
giggling, trying to hold it in, and they're crying. They have no idea what's happening. They've never been in a service like that before. And they find themselves laughing hysterically, fall out on the floor laughing, 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 45, 50 minutes, and get up healed. Because the same spirit that will fill you will heal you. Are you with me? So sometimes, man, all you need to do is have a good Holy Ghost laugh. And you say, well, how do you do that? Well, sometimes you have to prime your pump because it's in there. Have you ever, y'all seen those old hand pumps, haven't you? You know, first you start doing that and it kind of like, just a little bit. But then the more you pump it, you hit a gusher. And sometimes you just have to prime your pump. Sometimes I just go around, ha, 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 when I'm facing something. Take me long because I stay, I like, I, my prime, my pump stays primed. <laughs> and I just go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'm already getting blessed. But anyway, oh, Lord have mercy. I can have a party by myself, you know. I do, I do that right in my own house. But now listen, you, some people think, well, it's just sacrilegious to laugh in church. May I ask you a question? Who created laughter? When you laugh, where do you laugh from? Your head? <laughs> Is that where you laugh from? No. Where do you laugh from? Your belly. Your belly. Your spirit. Your heart. Because God created laughter. And one of the manifestations of joy is laughter. So tonight here, it just seemed good to me and the Holy Ghost. Seems like we ought to have ourselves a good laugh. Some of you had too much tension, stress, things that have been stealing your peace, people that have been thorns in the flesh. We're just going to have ourselves a good laugh. You mean we're just going to start laughing? Yeah, in a minute I'm going to count to three. And I want you to get ready to prime your pump. And I want you to think about something you need to laugh at. Now, my wife and I, don't tell me this don't work because it does. It's an act of faith. My wife and I, we tried to have children for eight years. They said, you have unexplained infertility. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you and nothing wrong with her. Unexplained infertility. So, you know what we did? We just said, <laughs> laughed at the devil. Now, that's not all we did, but we did laugh. mean to say that. I said, that's not all we did. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Where's my hanky? But we did laugh. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> and of course, the timing of God had a lot to do with it, too. Now we got two precious little girls over there. One's seven, one's five and a half. Amen. But we laughed. Amen. You might need to laugh at some of your stuff tonight. You say laugh, yeah. Because, you know, you remember Job, Job's comforters, isn't it? Job 5.22. We understand the context of that, you know. He'd been through a rough time, but they were trying to comfort him. And they said, you know, hey, man, the time will come where you're going to laugh at adversity or laugh at destruction, laugh at famine. Well, I think that's just a good principle in life. When it looks like destruction, when it looks like everything's falling apart, you know who's got the last word right up here. Just haul off and have yourself a good laugh. When it looks like famine, there's not going to be enough. And I've been there many times. Hey, listen, I live by faith just like everybody. 
I don't have a salary I draw per se. You see what I mean? So we live on the, the blessings and offerings of the churches and the people. So I know what it is to live by faith. And sometimes the coverage bear or has been. You know what I'm saying? And what do you do in time of famine? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So, you know, my mother-in-law talking about laughing at famine. My mother-in-law, she lives with us. She's been with us 12 years now. She was a widow since she was 40. And my mother-in-law is what you call country come to town. You know what I mean? She's from the deep south. Country come to town. And, and sometimes it's difficult to, you have to have an interpretation for some of the things she comes out with. You know? And so before she lived with us, early in our marriage, we were believing God for some things financially. You know, and I was on the phone with her. And, and, you know, believing God to, to help us in that situation and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So we're about to hang up the phone. And she says, honey, one thing about it. And I was waiting for her words of wisdom now because we were in a financial need. And she says, honey, one thing about it. I said, what, Mom? She said, they can't eat you. I said, what? She said, they can't eat you. They might can take the truck and take the house. They can't eat you. You'll live for another day. I don't know why that just blessed me. I started jumping up and down. They can't eat you. They can't eat me. <laughs> you might need to remember that sometimes when the bill comes due. They can't eat you. That'll help you stay happy. Everybody say they can't eat you. <laughs> I've remembered that to this day. And if I ever need it, I'll pull it out. They can't eat me. Glory to God. So listen. On the count of three, I just want you to get in your mind's eye. <laughs> Something you need to laugh at. And some of you haven't laughed in so long. Just prime your pump. If you have to go, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. You'll get there. The Holy Ghost will hook up with you. Are you with me? On the count of three, are you ready to laugh at something? Do you have a situation financially, physically, relationally? I don't know what it is. I got something I'm going to laugh at right here tonight. I got mine right now. I'm going to laugh at it. And God's turning it around. That's why I'm laughing. He's turning it around. We talked about that this morning. We might as well just have ourselves a good laugh over it. Are you ready? <laughs> She's already started. And I'm going to get this mic because I might walk around with it. Get some of these folks left. Are you ready? On the count of three. Now you got your... <laughs> I'm going to turn this mic on and this one off. One, are you ready? One. Everybody got there? You got this thing on? Here it is. Here it is. One. <laughs> I don't know if I'll make it to three. Two. <laughs> three. <laughs>
the Holy Ghost will take hold with Anybody? <laughs> I love to hear all these different kinds of laughs. You know, laughter's contagious. Laughter produces laughter. Oh, Lord, everybody say ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. Hey. <laughs> Mercy. Woo, Jesus. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy. It's going to be different now. <laughs> say it's going to be different now. <laughs> Turning it around. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy, huh? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. You know, I know sometimes folks want to get in, but they need, what a, you know, a little help. So I, I carry these what I call jump starters. <laughs> Y'all got bulletins, right? And and have you ever read some of those things online, you know, where they have those misprints in the bulletins? Like one said, don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. This one said, uh, the message this evening, what is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> That's not true here, but that is funny, isn't it? Lord have mercy. I like, I like this one. Said, uh, this Wednesday evening, there will be a, a bean supper in the fellowship hall. Music will follow. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Oh, Lord have mercy. 
<laughs> now some of you are getting in there now a little bit. Oh Lord, this is hilarious. Here's here's here. here. <laughs> it said I like this, and don't don't be offended. Jesus is it said dumb. Said the sermon this morning. Jesus walks on the water. The sermon this evening. Searching for Jesus. <laughs> said he don't know if he wants to laugh at that or not. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Well, here, here, here's one for the road. Bertha Belch, a missionary. <laughs> have we got to it yet? Bertha Belch, <laughs> a missionary, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Memorial. Come tonight and hear Bertha Belch all the way from Africa. <laughs> say ha 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 he 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 hey <laughs> glory to God all joy be yours at all times sometimes you need to laugh in the face of adversity amen be filled with joy stand up I'm going to sing you a song brother track number three let's crank her up Woo! if you can stand now have that volume. Yeah. Woo, come on. Everybody put your hands together. That's not Daryl. Daryl, I'm not. You got it. Now keep it. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Pastor, we love you. Short and sweet, but hey, we got the point across, didn't we? Everybody say, I got joy. In the morning, in the noon, in the midnight hour, I got joy.